Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 94. Hey Siri, Down Periscope. Welcome to Episode 94 of the Nut Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath and I'm here with Mr. Dave Baylor. And I'm laughing and smiling, not because I have some clever thing to go with 94, it's because I can't think of anything <laughs> to go with 94. Yeah, I don't. It's one I don't of the, either. Yeah, so 94 is not a special number, but this is going to be a special podcast. And remember, this is a podcast brought to you by one backup is none backup. This and is if, true. If you ever forget, you need to ask Nate to lift up his shirt and bend over, and you can see his lower back tattoo. One backup is none backup. Your data is more important than that. Yeah, and we've we've seen with the latest security breaches and all that stuff, it's important yeah. to put your data in a place where you can trust it. This is true, and in multiple places that you can trust it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've got a ton of tech news, so we're going to dive into it. First up, though, I wanted to talk a little follow-up. Last Friday morning, I almost said Friday <laughs> night, last Friday morning we had a little adventure, didn't we? Man, I'm... S- I had to get up so early, I'm still kind of tired from it. <laughs> yes, we're we're coming to you groggy after our uh, <laughs> adventure to the Apple Store Friday morning. Our, the nerd mecca. Yes. Uh, I actually, I showed up about 7.20, you were there about 7.30. Yeah. Um, and I was, if you watch the video on the <laughs> Facebook page or on our post on the website, I was number one in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple minutes after I got there, a couple ladies showed up and... They were obviously second and third in line, uh, but we had we were kind of chatting back and forth. They were it was actually very cool. I should have gotten their information to have them on the podcast. They were they weren't there for the new iPhone. They were actually there to pick up four Apple watches. Wow! And they were talking about for one, it was a mother and daughter, mm-hmm. and so the mother's mother. The daughter's grandmother. Sheesh. Let's get complicated with it. I'm my own grandpa. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a classic song. We'll have to put that in at the end. Um, but I actually, yeah, I'm not. I'm going I'm not going to take that side step. Just, you almost got me. I distracted you. Yes. So the grandmother, she has some heart problems, and so the Apple Watch has been ah. huge in metering this stuff, as well as the da- the granddaughter. She also has a heart issue oh no um, she looked to be like yeah she was 17 very healthy old. it was some unique she said it like i should know what she was talking about but mm-hmm. um they were both they were excited to pick up these apple watches because they knew how much it was helping out uh their health which i thought's very cool story that is a cool story um, and so i didn't know behind that i would say when the doors opened at eight there was probably 15 20 people in I, line i i think i counted 22 yeah whereas in years past, the night of the big iPhone launch, the night before at 8 p.m., yes. you would have And there would be stanchions yeah. that kind of line people up, and it was so, a mess. Yeah. So they've part of it is that they've worked very hard to give you the option of just having it show up at your house so you can pre-order and not have to wait in line. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the iPhone ten, so people aren't rushing to get this one. Um, and... You were able to order them up until the day they were released. Mm-hmm. So you could get up that morning and order one and schedule to pick it up later in the day or have it come to you in a couple of days. So it's not that. There was no big rush. Yes. And, and so, so let me ask you this, and you kind of answered it, but is is it the lack is the lackluster response due to all the logistic improvements 
is it a combination of that and a lot of people saying, well, the eight isn't that much different than the seven. I'll wait for the 10. So that's kind of my first question. And then the second question, do you think when the 10 comes out, will people be blown away and say, I got to have the 10 or will they then order the eight and the eight plus? They're just kind of waiting. They're like, I kind of want to get the eight or eight plus, but I want to wait to see what the 10's about. Then I'll order. So do you- I'll answer your questions in okay. order. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> um, I I do think it's a combination of everything. I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes, but I watched a video from BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. They actually interviewed and kind of followed Angela Ahrens around the week. Creepy. Kind of the, yeah, the 10 days in between the announcement and the Friday, the pickup day. Oh, that's an interesting video. So they talked about, you know, what's happening over in China, or they showed that they have like this war room. It's like the, imagine the NASA, oh, like NORAD. Yes. Like their room where they've got all the TVs up on the wall and they're monitoring everything. Mm-hmm. So Friday night for the pre-orders or Thursday night at midnight, the week before they've got this whole room that's monitoring everything and making sure everything stays up. So they have a team. There's probably 30 or 40 people in the room just making sure the pre-orders were going okay. And mm-hmm. then they were talking about, they showed all the shipments coming from China, like the initial shipment to go out to the, all the stores. And it was like a warehouse full of just pallets of phones wow, uh, and watches and Apple TVs this year. All three of them came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it's a combination of things. I think that the iPhone 8 initial sales will be better than what the tech press thinks they were. Yeah. Um, but I also think there there wasn't that urgency because you do, it's not as much of a rush. Um, there's a lot of hype around the iPhone 10, and the people that would camp out at the Apple Store are the people that would want the iPhone 10. The yeah. iPhone 8 and 8 Plus is a great phone, but there's a certain segment like us that is always going to want the best of the best, and so there's a differentiator there. I will tell you this, now that I've had a couple days with the 8 Plus, mm-hmm. I'm 50-50 on going for the 10. Okay. There's a probably right now a 50% chance that I will stay with the 8 Plus. Wow. Um, You're going to so, have to look at my, my 10 when it comes in yeah, and really look. Yeah. So we'll see. I That might change quickly, but I this is such a great phone, and there so, is so much kind of unknown on the iPhone 10 because I think there will be a lot of... People saying, well, I'm getting the iPhone 10, but then after the after 12.01 on the pre-orders, when then it's pushed out like three months yeah, uh, because everybody has ordered one that a lot of people, like you're saying, are just going to go, you know what, the 8. The 8's fine. The 8's fine. And for people that are just, hey, you know what, it's time to upgrade my phone. It's been a couple years. I wonder what's out there. The 8's, the 8 or the 8 Plus are going to be a great, great option for people that don't need to be on the cutting edge because it really has just about everything that the 10 does except for it doesn't have the screen to screen so the little different form factor and it has a button which a lot of people like yeah yeah so it actually has some features it's a, it's a lot more similar to what people are used to if you've been you've been using iPhones so and it's got touch ID which the 10 does not yes it has the face ID which I have no doubt will work great yeah um, but the overall differences as far as what you're getting in a phone isn't that huge for the average consumer so yeah. Um, but yeah we you did a video you guys can go watch it um, did a little Facebook live and we put it up on YouTube as well 
uh, of my experience got to go in. They had all the employees lined up and clapping. And, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I didn't um, think they were going to do that. But there, there you were. You're in the front row yeah. just soaking it in. Like, yep. yep applaud cool. for me, sucker. I'm about to drop yeah. know, 800 bucks or whatever. 969 Seven, oh, the 79 price, That's right. It went up from 949 to yeah. 979 So, And you know what else? And, and we can change topics after this. The iPhone 7, if you would have bought it before... Tim Cook's announcement, it was like $40 cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And then they did the big announcement for iPhone 8 and iPhone 10. You go back to their website, the iPhone 7 was 30 or $40 more, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. That usually never happens. The prices usually go down. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've had some price increases on most of their products, the iPad Pros um, with... Apparently, the flash prices are going up, but yeah. That's why a brand new 7 at this point is hard pill for me to swallow, because I'm like, dang, if I would have bought it last year, it would have been even cheaper. It's so weird. So why not get the 8? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what the thing is. So many decisions to be made. Uh, Another thing, back on episode 72, Be Careful Drawing Dolphins, Mm -hmm. we talked about my nephew who... Uh, was using an Amazon Fire tablet and managed to buy like this $500 game, this complete scam, and they got it reversed. Well, I got an email, I think it was last Monday, and it said, oh, your Comcast services have been updated. What? And I'm like, okay, that's whatever. Thanks a lot, Comcast. Yeah, Yeah. I figured it was some error or something. So I'm like, okay. And I looked in my account, I didn't see any activity. So then the next day I get another email, and it's like, here's your invoice for Japan TV. What? And it's like your prorated amount for this month is $8 and then it'll be $26 a month. I'm going, what? And I go, Chelsea, remember when I like grabbed the remote the other day and all of a sudden we're watching some weird Japan channel. Oh, so no. somehow in the blink of an eye, she had gotten to the channel, pressed another button to confirm the subscription. <laughs> oh, no. So pro tip, Set the parental controls on your cable box if you have little ones or uh, if you sit on your remote or anything like that. It was very easy to go, and I should have done it before. Yeah. Uh, but you can lock it down for purchases or anything. put a four-digit code on yeah. there. Here's what I'm thinking is that you need to use this as a learning opportunity and be like, Isla, you have done this, and you've made the investment. You need to come up with 30 bucks a month to pay for this. That's true. So I don't know what it is got to do, but get out there and bust your hump because there's 30 bucks coming out of your pocket. Yes. Well, we're trying to get her into baby modeling, so maybe she's, that will bring in the money. She, she's just over one, yeah. so surely she can work somewhere earn or keep mcdonald's or something <laughs> yeah mow the lawn something. um but yeah so that's just a little good reminder for parental controls mm-hmm. when you have little ones or ones that can be doing things you don't want them to do yeah that's um, a good and idea. comcast i did their online chat and it was maybe a 15 minute process and they had it completely taken care of i mean i'm sure it happens all the time i told them it says explain your situation and i was like well somehow i have japan tv and I can assure you there is no reason that we would need Japan TV. No offense to Japan. I think we might have had a listener or two from there. But uh, for me, that is not going to provide much value. No, I love Japan and I want to go there, but I do not speak their language. Yes. Uh, Well, I just had a pro tip. Dave, what's your pro tip of the week? I I think this is a great tip. It's a little bit different. It's not about your iOS device or your Android smart device. It's not about your Mac or anything like that. This tip is for everyone. Wow. 
That's you, a lot of people. I, everyone on the planet could use this, unless you don't have internet access. So oh, okay. that's, I guess there are a few people who don't have that still. And my heart goes out to those people because they are missing out. So today at work, yeah, I, I start getting reports from around the building from staff who are working here. And they're like, uh, the internet's not working. I was trying to do a report. It's not working. I'm like, mm, doing speed test. I'm like, well, it's kind of slow, but it's yeah. working. But I'm like in this weird place. And so first one's upstairs. I'm like, oh, I added a new access point. I think maybe it's not working and it's interfering with your regular wireless access point. I don't know if it fixed the problem or not. I just assumed that was the problem. Went back. Another employee called. Hey, I'm having trouble. I'm like, yeah, I, I think there's something going on. Yeah. I come and I check the network and I check the wireless and I go to like fast.com. I go to Apple's website. I'm just like, oh, it seems to be working. Like two more people I meet in the hallway and I'm just like, what is going on? So then I start getting a text from my manager and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to get into Google Drive and it's not working. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is happening? Well, it was not reported by Google, but today Google had some type of brown out. Oh. And a lot of their services were not working all over the U.S. and or some other parts of the world. And I've got a map in front of me that shows, like, Silicon Valley, uh, L.A., and then the Portland, Washington state area, and a bunch of other big metro areas around. They had very light outages. So what had happened is we use Google services here at work. And so everyone's trying to go to their Gmail. It's not working. They're going to Google Drive to access their files. It's not working. So pretty much anything they need to do is what's not working. Yeah. And so they're not fools for thinking that the internet is out because every site they tried is not working. They're like, the internet's broken. That'll do it. Yeah. So I wanted to give you guys some tips of how do you know what the problem is? If you're at home watching Netflix and it's not working, is it your Wi-Fi router? Is it your Comcast or your internet service provider? Is it Netflix? Are they having a problem? Well, I've got just the thing for you. There are two websites that you can visit. Um, Well, one, I'll just quickly mention that Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, Netflix, Google, they all have status pages that you can Mm -hmm. visit that tells you whether or not their services are up or down. And so if you have Comcast, for example, and you're experiencing something, you could use your phone navigate to this status page and it'd be like, oh, there's no service in your area. And you're like, derp, of course there's not. I'm not getting, yeah. Or maybe that's working just fine, but Netflix isn't coming in. And so you can go to the Netflix status page. So in this article that's on the website right now and in the show notes, we can include a link to the article. I have the status page for Apple, Amazon, Comcast, Google, Microsoft, Azure, and Netflix. But... If you're lazy, like I am, you can simply visit downdetector.com or currentlydown.com. These are nice. two websites that aggregate all of the internet services out there, and they let you know if they're experiencing service problems or if they're up or down. So that's my pro tip of the week. If you're if you're feeling down because your internet may be down, then go to the websites that show you if it's down. <laughs> down. There was going to be a wrap in there, but I said I kind of <laughs> we'll backed off. We'll work on that for next week. I backed off. Yes. Um, no, I, it's a great piece of troubleshooting because you think, oh, my internet's down or oh, this. But sometimes, and sometimes you'll go to their website 
and that's not working. So sometimes you have to check Twitter, but these the aggregators that are mm -hmm. checking everything that can yeah. really help because some of them too, it's like Comcast Business. You have to log into your account yep. before you can see, and so it gets which real is different. lame. Why didn't they just show up? For I everybody? think it's because they don't want to have people. <laughs> I th actually, I think it's they don't want people to be able to track. Like yeah. the total outages because it's so often with their right. service, it would make them look bad. Um, I actually have – you mentioned people that don't have internet at home. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a marketing podcast this week, and they were talking – it was a guy um, – they were talking kind of television marketing versus um, internet marketing. Okay. And they're like, Facebook and Google advertising is so uh, successful. Why would you still do – TV marketing, you know, especially right. when less and less people are watching TV and especially commercials. Well, this guy from this ad agency was saying that I want to say he said that a hundred million or like a third of, I think it was a third of U.S. households do not have broadband internet. Okay. But and like, it's probably not dial up, but it's not broadband. Yeah, a sixth of inner or households in the U.S. do not have internet whatsoever, which. The house might not have internet, but they've got smartphones. But the, basically yes. his th thing was for Coca-Cola, they don't want to miss out on 100 million people mm -hmm. because they're not advertising on TV. So these big companies, it is still worth it to them. So that's why TV, that's why TV ads are hanging on is because – not everybody has internet. So I thought that was a pretty interesting yeah. way of looking at it. Well, I think other things – to factor in is that Coca-Cola, they do brand marketing, yeah. which is any time they can get their brand in front of your eyeballs, that's good for them. Yes. So whether it's targeted or not, yep. if you're seeing their message. And so I think that they just want to cover every advertising channel that's out there. And so you may see more brand type advertising on TV now than you do yeah. specific, very specific Insurance advertising. Insurance companies yeah. and car companies. It's like they just want to get that name in your head. So when it's time to go buy insurance, it's like, you know. Geico. It's got to be Geico because they have the most annoying commercials. Yeah. Well, Aflac's close to. <laughs> Their insurance commercials What's the are one with the... flow? Oh, progressive. Yes. Oh, geez. See, we know all these because yep. of television ads, yep. not because of internet marketing. This is true. So thank you for the tip. You're welcome. Let's move on to some takes, some stories from the week. Mm -hmm. uh, this one was actually a couple weeks ago. It was a report that came out of Korea. And when I think smartphones in China, I think Samsung. I mean, they're right there in South Korea. <laughs> they're right next door. Right next door. So they got to be selling a lot. But you just always hear about Samsung. People talk about Samsung. And they're probably being manufactured in China, too. Yes, just, that's yeah. true. Uh, as are iPhones and just about every cell phone there is. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was a report that came out from um, the Korea International Trade Association. Now, I do not know the validity of this organization. Oh, the old KITO. Yes. <laughs> yep. You know it. Yeah. You subscribe to their newsletter. Uh, so they had for um, Q2 2017 the installed base of phones in China. So, number one was Apple with 171 million units. Okay. And then, who do you think was second? This is smartphones? Yes, smartphones. HTC. Uh, they are not on the list. I've got the top six here. Man, 
Better not make me. So this is anymore. a little impromptu high six. I well, I didn't want to say Microsoft because there's no way. No, they went out of business. It's got to be like Motorola or LG or not LG either. I thought would have thought they were there. So you're probably never going to guess these. Yeah, the I'm not number going to. two, you might guess at some point is Huawei. I heard of I have heard of them, yes. but I could not have remembered that. For yes, this in the exercise. tech bubble, they're one that you will hear stories about. Mm-hmm. Number three is Oppo, which no. I've heard the name, yeah. but that's it. But I listened to a couple Android podcasts. Uh, Vivo, never heard of it. Xiaomi, which I've heard oh, of. Yeah, I've heard of those guys. And number six was Samsung with only forty eight million phones installed base. So mm. I think that's new. I don't know if that's new phones or what, but just very interesting to see Robert Scoble, who is a tech <laughs> attention whore liker. <laughs> okay. I said it. He yes. avoided it. Um, he was actually talking, I follow him on Facebook. He was talking about the fact that he really thinks that Huawei is doing some really good things. And you can see by those numbers, they're doing very yeah. well in China. But he thinks that Huawei, if they could make a jump over to the U.S., could really have an impact. And they have some higher-end phones. But again, like Samsung, they've got 50 different models that they're selling. So they have like these super, super cheap models that you can get over in. So how does Apple have such a large installed base? They have as many phones in China as Samsung and Xiaomi combined. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's... It's crazy. These numbers, that's why I put the link into the article. I do not understand how the number can be so high. I mean, we always say the iPhone is the phone you see everywhere. I mean, I I would say 90% of the time somebody has an iPhone, 10% of the time somebody has an Android. But I figured in China it would be the complete opposite just because there's some restrictions on iPhones and all this stuff. But anyways, very interesting to see. We have very few China listeners, Mm -hmm. so we could probably move on to the next story. We have a couple security stories, and I know these tend to get old. The first one is there was – it's not necessarily security, but kind of Android – There's innocent Android apps uh, where they're not malicious. They're not trying to steal your information. But what they're doing when you're not using them, they're watching ads so that the people that are paying for the ads are having to pay more money to these companies. So like an ad, let's say it's a flashlight app, which tend to always have problems, which how many flashlight apps do you need to download? Why do you even need one? It's built Um, into your phone. Yes. So... Let's say you have a flashlight app, and you know when you open it up, it shows you a little ad across the bottom or plays a video. Well, they're, they make money off every time somebody watches those ads. Well, what these apps were doing, when you weren't in the app, it kept doing the videos, so they kept making money. So they're just generating tons of money so off of So every time you. it's downloaded, they just get tons and tons of ad yes. revenue off of it. Yeah, so shady stuff on Android. Just a good reminder, keep your stuff updated the most you can. Um, the next story is actually about iCloud. Bum, that, bum, bum. And you posted this one, that hackers are using iCloud, the Find My Phone feature. And I think this, I've heard similar stories, um, but they've been using that to remotely lock Macs and demand ransom payments from people. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. They are able, through social networking and people's ability to use very poor passwords, if you're using the same password everywhere... 
they're going to try it on your Apple account. See, yeah. oh, does this email, is it attached to an Apple ID? And, oh, this is the password that they use for Gmail, and we hacked into that, so let's try it on Apple. So what they're doing is going into the iCloud settings. You can access it through iCloud.com. They're logging in as you because you don't have two-factor authentication yes. turned on. And they're going in and looking through the device list and saying, oh, let's lock this device because – you know, if you have a phone that's stolen, like my wife's was a few months ago, you can go into the settings and say, report this as a lost or stolen device. So you can lock them remotely. And so you may be, uh, you know, you have all your devices and you're using your iPhone and you're using your iPad and, per- and suddenly, bump, please enter your passcode to log back into iCloud because, you know, somebody's changed your password or they've locked you out or they've enabled lost mode and then there'll be a little message because you can put a message in lost mode oh, yeah. on I different devices and so there's this particular message says what does it say pay me zero comma zero one btc bitcoin fifty dollars to this address and then as their bitcoin address which is completely anonymous then yeah. i will send code to your ur email to <laughs> unlock ur device smiley face so they Highly professional people here. Yeah. So what they do is they lock you out of it, and they're if they don't get any Bitcoin or other money from you, then you will never ever be able to get back into that device again, and probably not into your iCloud account again. Yeah. All and the apps that you've purchased. Yeah. Everything. It's maybe you could work with Apple if you could prove it, but yeah, it's going to yeah. be tough. And they've got access to your iCloud account. So I did see one of the things is that they are able to, if they're able to get into your account and you only have one trusted device like your phone, mm-hmm. and then you they can say, oh, my phone's missing, so I can't do two-factor authentication. So then Apple So they will... can get around the two-factor authentication. So even that, having a good password, I'm sure Apple will change this after this coming out yeah. because it's not, not good. But so there's nothing... turn on the two-factor authentication. One backup is none backup, and then good passwords and two-factor authentication. Those three things uh, will really help you out in the long run. Yeah. Uh, so just be aware. Yeah. Well, that is not as bad. Have you heard about Blueborn? No, it sounds like a terrible disease. Yes, it is a terrible disease <laughs> that affects every single Bluetooth device. Okay, tell me more. So we have Bluetooth in our smart home devices, our phones, our computers, our iPads, our watches now all of these devices have bluetooth well, it's great communication technology. yeah what do they do it's like for bluetooth wireless headphones yep uh, some remote control devices yes. use bluetooth yeah so it is everywhere and they um found some vulnerabilities in broadcam broadcom chips which makes like all of the chips they said hundreds of millions of devices uh they're were like, affected they're like the chip maker for bluetooth yes. so now here's the catch on this. So you're going, okay, everything's screwed. Well, this was appropriately white hat hackers. We've talked about this before. They found Mm -hmm. this problem and they found an attack that was used to do this. There's actually a video that you can watch where they show you just find the device over Bluetooth. Like you want to join it. Yeah. You're going to hook up to a, a wireless speaker. Yes. And then, It'll send the code, completely jailbreaks it without ever turning on. Then you can just turn on the screen. You can open up the camera. You can open up all the files, have access to everything. Wow. So that's pretty scary. It just came out this month 
this issue was announced and they found the attack within the last couple months. That's why it's come out. Um, iOS fixed it with iOS 10. Mm-hmm. So 90% of devices were fixed a year ago before this was even let out into the or known out in the wild. Yeah. These white these white hacks, uh, white white hat hackers. There you go. They tell all the companies, "Hey, here's an exploit. You better fix it because a year from now we're going to announce it to the world." Yeah. yeah. And so Apple did due diligence and they fixed it and they updated it. Yeah. Probably with nobody even knowing about it. Yeah, exactly. Long before I think this the Blueborn attack came out. Yeah. With the, I think it was like three different vulnerabilities they were able to use. So Windows, as long as your Windows is updated, if you're Windows 7, Windows 8.1, or Windows 10, you you're, good. you're good if you're updated. Um, Linux is coming soon. Nobody uses Linux. Android, they fixed it in the fall September update. Now... My best guess would be maybe so six people five percent, <laughs> maybe five percent of Android devices actually got this fixed. But one of the things they're saying is cars will ne- can't be updated. Most cars that have Bluetooth built into the stereo, a lot of your Internet of Things devices. Now those things they can't open a camera. There's not a lot of personal information stored in there. Yeah, uh, but still to have those open. So um, if you have an Android device, please. Make sure you keep it updated. And what if the, I'm on nougat? And is that going to get updated? Or if I'm nougat, on KitKat? Yeah, I think. Or on well, candy yeah, bar probably not KitKat. Bowl of sugar. And it's only certain. Like I saw something that Verizon had agreed to do it for one of the Samsung phones, like the S5, to go back and do that. But that's one carrier. So mm-hmm. each carrier and each phone maker has to work together, and Android. All and, three have to work together. To and be none able of them are going to do it because they're like, "Why? I don't care about that phone. It's two yeah. years old. We're not going to make any money yeah. on this. We want people to upgrade." Uh, that's the most frustrating thing about Android. So it's it really is. It's like the Google Pixel phones from last year, the latest LG devices, and the latest Samsung, like latest couple Samsung models, are the only ones that are updated. Yeah, and that's it. So everything else, you could have this issue. Um, so. Now let's get into a cool story because that's enough security stuff, stuff for a while. Yeah, the Navy is going to start controlling all their submarines with Xbox controllers, so they're turning it all into a video game. Is this what I'm reading here? Well, I, they're so here. Imagine this: you've got drones, you've got tanks, you've got remote uh, devices, and and uh, robots, killing, and RoboCop, killing and, missiles, and all these all this yes. tech out there, and you know, the government usually has a spare no expense type of mentality. Um, <laughs> we interject. We are the most nonpartisan tech podcast on the Internet. Right, right. But how would you like, instead of paying $38,000 for a photonic mass system and imaging control panel, Instead, you're paying about 30 bucks for an Xbox controller. Jeez. So speaking of Bluetooth, right, uh, Xbox controllers use Bluetooth and Wi-Fi to connect with Xboxes yeah. and with you know an adapter or other devices. And so the Navy is now using off-the-shelf Xbox controllers to control some of these things instead of sp- spending almost $40,000 for a control system. It makes a lot of sense. And think about this. Most of the young men and women who are entering the Navy to operate these things already know how to use an Xbox controller. It's ergonomically uh, designed. It fits in your hand. 
The controls are very easy to use. The, the controllers have gotten so good over yeah, the past yeah. 20 years. Oh, they're so accurate. And they're brilliant. Yeah. And it's it's getting even better. You know, I bought a $50 uh, controller for my iOS devices and my Mac, uh, I don't know, it's about a year ago. Yeah. And it's a, I can control my iPad with it, which is great, but the quality of this controller is like I've never used before. Yeah. I mean, it's it's right up there with Xbox and PlayStation controllers and all these things. Now, I don't know why they decided to use Xbox versus like PlayStation, but I can tell you this. Xbox is an American company. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation is a Japanese company. Yes. And so it's it's an American company. Yep. American controllers. Bill um, Gates can't go wrong. Yeah, I just think it's a great idea and I love to see the government being wise about their money and Injecting a little bit of you know, vision and intelligence into making some of these decisions and not just pushing things through with a bunch yeah. of money and say, yeah. oh, let's just – whatever it costs, let's do it. They must be listening to me talk about holistic cost. They are. They yeah. Are. I, it just – it makes so much sense. And it, it talks about how these submarine control systems, the controller is you know $38,000, but it's only designed for that one – Yeah. That one specific purpose. And so it, even if you transfer from aircraft carrier to submarine, you have to learn 20 new specific controllers instead of, okay, what does X button do on this yeah. this system? And I'm sure it's more sophisticated than we're allowing for in, in yeah. our ignorance here. But I, I just think it's great. It's It's unifying the control surface for the men and women who are using it. And it's cutting costs, and I yeah. think that's a good thing. Very cool. Uh, another good thing, very quickly, Apple has updated, well, for most people, unless you're on a limited data plan, uh, the App Store, you know, if you have automatic app updates turned on or if you need to update an app while you're not on Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. uh, it used to be a 100 megabyte limit. They kept raising it as apps get bigger and bigger. Now it's 150 megabytes. Uh, so that covers a lot more apps yeah. as they do grow in size. But again, be careful if you have a limited data plan because you know if you've got a gig of data, well, six, six big apps, if you update the office suite or the google suite or, or the new anything. version of minecraft that just came out you know, it's yeah. gonna be like 600 megabytes <laughs> although it wouldn't let you it wouldn't let you do the still. cellular there so that is nice that they do limit that though mm-hmm. <clears throat> so even if you try to download it on cellular and say yes let's do this it'll say it's too big but if you um, have an unlimited plan wouldn't it be great if there were no restrictions and you could just download yeah, whatever that's but, true but oh well how would they know? How do they know? I don't know. It's easier for them to cap it for the most people who yeah. don't have unlimited than to yeah. open it up and then have to deal with the headache of, oh, people Apple killed my uh, data plan. And oh, Yeah. Speaking of which, iOS 11, I'm guessing you're still loving it. I'm still loving it. There's. I went back to 10. So frustrated. Uh, People are outraged, trying to find things to be outraged about, but all of it just seems like fluff to me. There wasn't anything that I really felt we needed to talk too much about. Well, I'm on an iPad right now and not using my computer because I can put our notes in one side panel and I can have a web browser in the other panel. And as we go through these notes, I can drag and drop the link from our notes into my Safari browser and open up the article. It's so much more convenient than switching back and forth between screens. And I don't have the bulk of my laptop sitting up here, which would have to be another six inches away from me. So I'm loving it. I think iOS 11 is really great. 
I've got my iPad Pro here, and I've actually got three things <laughs> over at the same time. Let's see. Oh, uh, so I, I can see. Do... A, I see an oh, error notification <laughs> popping. <laughs> no, that's Touch ID. Oh, okay. Uh, so I've got website Safari on the left. I've got Evernote with the notes on the right, and then I was able to open up LastPass in a popover. So that is an advantage in the iPad Pro. You can actually you can have three things open at once, which is one of the big complaints people have had. The multitasking, though, on the iPad is just stellar. Yeah. Um, I can't really, really – the only thing that people are trying to complain about is there are – the way that it turns off, like the little switches in Control Center to toggle off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. So the way it does it now, if you just click on them, it just – disconnects you from any Bluetooth device that you're connected to at the time or Wi-Fi. And people are like, well, it's not fully turning it off. This isn't safe. Well, the reason why they did this is because there's still, like with Apple Watches, continuity between your Mac devices, all these things. You probably AirDrop. still want working. Yeah, AirDrop, um, the Wi-Fi password sharing. You probably would still want that working unless you're on an airplane mm-hmm. and need to turn everything off. But even airplanes have released – or. Um, not released. Remove the restrictions. Removed a lot of their restrictions too. So it's again, it is not news. It's just something people have to find something to complain about on the new new iOS. Um, but, but yeah, it's yeah, working I'm really well. It. It's smooth. It's great. It's got a lot of new great features that were frankly a little overdue. Yeah, yeah. we could have seen them a couple of years ago. Would have been great. But you know what? It's working. True. True. Um, something we haven't done for a while is a not ad. Mm-hmm. We. Uh, bring you a podcast every week. We do not charge for it. We are members of the Amazon affiliate program, so we love it when people go. You can either click any of the Amazon links in any of our posts or show notes or anything. We make those special links, but we also have, you can just go to amazon.notnerd.com and it redirects you. So then when you just do your normal shopping on Amazon, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Uh, we get a little kickback, and you can even do the smile program on top of mm-hmm. that to give to a charity. That's what the Amazon.notnerd.com does. It'll ask you which charity you want to support, and it supports us. So I had two products that I wanted to talk about okay. briefly from Amazon. They just came out with a new tablet this week. They did. The And you, being the Kindle master, I have not discussed it with you yet. No. The new HD 10 tablet. I did not buy this, but I was aw- I was aware of You're it. You're waiting for him to show up on Facebook Marketplace. Well, this is what this is what the allure of Kindle Fire tablets are for me. They're decent tablets, and Amazon lowers the price so low to incentivize you to get these things because they have their operating system on top of Android that points you to all their services, their music service, their app service, their uh, book service, uh, comic book service, everything. It all points you to these things. And so they can augment the price of this device and lower it because they know that you're going to be using these services. And I'm just thinking for 150 bucks, you can get a 32 gigabyte, 10.1 inch fire HD 10 tablet. It's got a 1080p display. It does have the special offers and more than that in a second. But it's like this is as good as last generation's iPad, probably. Yeah. Like an iPad Air 1 or an iPad Air 2. But the price is so low, it's yeah. why not type of thing. Now, I will caution people who make the jump on the super cheap tablets. 
this is an Android problem, and Fire tablets are Android devices. I got the eight gigabyte because it was like fifty bucks yeah. for the eight gigabyte thing, and you're thinking, no big deal. I'll put in a thirty-two gigabyte SD card in this sucker because I can have as much storage as I want. Yeah. Well, guess what? Ninety percent of the apps that I want to install have to be installed on the main storage partition. Yeah, they won't install on the secondary thing, which I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think it's kind of a lie. They're lying to people. They should not even offer the eight gigabyte model because yeah. you can put like five apps on it. And it's like, oh, well, if you've got a bunch of pictures you want to store, you can store those on the SD card. It's like, I'm not taking photos. No, with not this with thing. those cameras, with especially a, on the $50 one. That camera is like five a 10 year old iPhone <laughs> camera. So, anyway, there's a little caveat. Yes. There. And I'll stop talking in a minute because I don't know what you're expecting with this not ad, but I'm going on and on. <laughs> But, I expect you to go, yeah. hey, it's a Kindle. I expect yeah. you to go on and on, as do we all. And the back cases are colored, which is kind of cool. Yeah, there you go. Next week, I want to do a little teaser. I'm teasing you. My pro tip of the week has to do with the Kindle Fire tablets and their special offers. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah I, it looks great. Again, if you don't, if you just need... If you're just going to watch Netflix or you're just you know doing Facebook. simple stuff um, where you don't need a lot of horsepower, I mean these. Or if it's your first tablet and you yeah. want to try it out and see if you'll use it, especially this one with the 10 inch display. Um, They're great. Yeah, the the Kindle Fire. I mean, it's you know barely bigger than your phone, um, but yeah, the 10 inch and this one looks like they really put put some good stuff into it. So just just the other night, I had my my $50 Fire tablet out here. And I installed Facebook on it, and I was going through Facebook. They don't really have a great Twitter app that I like. But for Facebook, I'm like, this is exact same thing as on my phone or my iPad. The app is identical. Yeah. Like, why do I care what it's running on? If I'm doing Facebook, I'm doing Facebook. And so if you find yourself mainly doing Facebook, and you're like, I kind of... I'm tired of using my phone or I don't want to use my computer. Just pick up one of these cheap tablets and just do Facebook. If money is an issue, go for one of these. And we'll talk more about if you have a little more money in just a second. One other thing, I know that some of our listeners have iMacs. Yeah. Uh, They are great computers, big, beautiful screens. Uh, Apple, so you know they're great support. Wes just got his one of the new models, Mm -hmm. and he... Every time I see him, he's like, iPads or the iMac's awesome. iMac's awesome. Every time he's loving that thing. But I heard about a little product and I just wanted to share it. I don't have an iMac that I use at home, but this is the Blue Lounge Jimmy USB port extension for iMac Slim Unibody. So there's different models of this for the different iMacs. But on the iMac, all of your USB ports are right on the back of the monitor. So if you have it in a place where you can't move it real easily, you're having to like feel back there to plug something in, and then you always put USB the wrong direction. Well, this, you plug it in, and it all it does is kind of reach out below the screen, and then you can plug your USB right in. So if there's something you're plugging in and out all the time, yeah, this is the holistic cost on this thing. No-brainer. Now, let's, did you look at the cost on this, Dave? I just did. Sorry. Yeah. But let's give it up for the Jimmy. Jimmy. I think I actually looked at this link before. Yeah. So I I won't be guessing the price, obviously. But um, 
this is not a new product. This is yeah. things like this have been around yeah. a while, but this is for the new, new iMac. One. So all the sizes and the curve of the back and everything, all those things are considered when they design this piece. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, and there's other options too. You can get little USB hubs or different things. But again, it's just one of those things, a single purpose, but it just it solves a problem, and it's only fifteen bucks. So if you have an iMac and you've ever had to take the time to move it around to plug something into uh, the USB daily buy one of these and you can plug it in and out and you're set so uh, I just wanted to do that as a bonus on the not ad and uh, that Jimmy is J-I-M-I J-I-M-I the J-M-USB-O-1 is this particular <laughs> that's model that's the model number yes uh, so you know what time it is it's time for our picks of the week, of the week. I couldn't be more excited about my pick of the week. And I know we've talked a lot about computers. We've talked a lot about little tablets. We've talked about iMacs. Well, I, I can't, a day can't go by without me kind of lusting over the new technology and stuff that's out there. And I look at your 10.5-inch iPad Pro with its 256 gigs of storage and your fancy was it a Logitech case or what is no? It? This is this was the oh, cheap twelve dollars. The cheap twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah. Forget erase that. Hey, it and, looks very professional. Yeah. Though. Hey Becky, when you're editing this, can you cut that part out? All right. The so, pencil support though, the Apple pencil support yeah. on this. But not everybody's got a minimum of six hundred and fifty dollars to yeah. spend to get the new iPad Pro. But if you're in the market for a tablet, and you're like, you know what? I've been burned before by cheap tablets. I'm not going to buy the $150, 10.1-inch yeah. Kindle Fire garbage. With a bunch of ads everywhere ads. and want me to buy their stuff. Yeah, it's and... like, forget that. I'm an Apple person through and through. Well, what What's available for you? Well, if, if you remember earlier this year, Apple released an update to their iPad line. And I'm just – I've been looking at specs for months and yeah. looking at what? stuff. I know. You? I'm comparing things. I'm looking at things. And I got to tell you, the value of the current iPad, there's no number or anything. It's just yep. iPad. Uh, to go through the quick lineage, there was the iPad Air 1. They called it the iPad Air. And then they went to the iPad Air 2. And the very next one that's not a pro machine is just iPad. They yes. went back to the regular name. It's better in every way. It's got a 64-bit A9 chip. I don't know what the last one was, but it wasn't that. It's still got the 10-hour battery life, a decent camera, like 8-megapixel camera. It's, you know, it's not any Shouldn't worse. Shouldn't be taking many pictures with it's your not iPad worse anyways. Yeah. than the last one. It's the same or better. You know, It's got Touch ID, the thumbprint support, which is if you've got it on your phone, you want yeah. it on your iPad. Yeah, How many times true. do you pick up your iPad and say, this thing's broken because it doesn't have the, the Touch ID? It's got good Wi-Fi and LTE uh, antennas in it. If you want to get the cellular model, you can do that. Anyway, the only thing is the Retina display is slightly less good, slightly more glossy yes. than the iPad Air 2. Which the majority of people are never going to notice. If you look at it, you can't tell the difference. Yeah. What it is is the display is slightly farther away from the top glass than the previous generation, oh. and it introduces a small air gap. That air gap refracts light a bit differently, so the screen will be a little more glare will be noticeable. Oh, okay. It's not as 
less glary. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how to describe you are, I didn't know where's, we were the Mark and Todd cast over here with your scientific descriptions. Yeah. Where's my thesaurus? Anyways, I, I've looked at these. I've compared them in the store. It's subtle. I notice it because yeah. I am a pixel oh, freak. Oh, you get and, in there. So every time you come over to my house, you're two inches away from my TV screen looking yeah. at it. Most people will hold their iPads about 18 to 24 inches away from their face. Yeah. You know, they're sitting on the couch. It's on their lap or whatever. For those people, you'll never notice the difference. Yeah. You, will, you won't notice it. If you're sitting with it like stacked on your face and you can focus that closely, you might notice it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going on and on. But for $329, you can get the entry-level 32-gigabyte regular old iPad. It's never been as inexpensive for this powerful machine as it is right now. Yeah. You, this is the cheapest iPad you can buy, period, of yeah. any size. I think the iPad Mini 4 is more, more yeah. money than this. Yeah. I don't understand it. They're just kind of giving these things away. Half the price of the cheapest iPhone. Yeah. I mean, if you're wanting a good, solid tablet that will last, it's built for iOS 11, yeah. and it will last you for at least five years. Yeah. Now's the time to buy the iPad. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's my pick of the week. Now, do they have, question for you on that, do they have the uh Cellular models available for that, where you can get the cellular. They sure do. Okay, it's so it's available. an extra one hundred and twenty dollars or whatever it is to get. So for three twenty nine, you get thirty two gigabytes, and then for a hundred dollars more, it's one hundred and twenty eight gigabytes. Okay, so you can quadruple the yes. storage to one hundred and twenty eight gigabytes for a hundred dollars more. A hundred dollars on top of that will get you cellular connectivity, and then you can work with your carrier on that. But uh, Nice. Yeah, that's it. Well, my pick of the week, I'm actually going to piggyback on your pick of the week. Okay. It is iPad-related. So my daughter, she's 14 months old, mm-hmm. and she's starting to get very active, very curious, and she loves music. Like when a commercial comes on TV, nice. she'll start dancing. Cool. She's got a drums and a little piano, actually, yeah. that we got from you. Yeah. Um, and she just loves... <laughs> Merry like, Christmas, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Making music. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, but this morning, she was sitting on my lap. And uh, I forget what we were even doing, but oh, she somehow, this is what happened. She somehow got, my iPad was sitting on the floor. She somehow pressed the home button. She knows to go to the home button on any device. (laughs) Maybe that's why you want the iPhone 10 so toddlers can't get into your phone. I love it. Um, And so she activated Siri and somehow got music playing on my iPad. Weird. Yeah, she got Daft Punk. So whatever she mumbled, (laughs) got some Daft Punk playing. Oh, she got a good taste. Yeah, she was dancing. And so then I brought her up onto my lap and I opened it and I was like, you know what? I haven't been in GarageBand for a long time. Mm. So Apple has a program called GarageBand. Yeah. And it's what you would expect. It's a music-making program. On the iPad, I mean, especially on this iPad Pro, it is awesome. You can go in there. You can have a piano. You can do a drum, like a full-on drum set. Yeah. uh, Guitars, international instruments, all these things. And it's free with an Apple device. But, I mean, we were just playing on that thing. She's pressing the buttons, and we're making drum sounds and just having a blast with this program. And I had almost for, kind of forgotten about it. Like, mm-hmm. 
I'll see it in my Apple folder every once in a while. Yeah, like, and, oh, wow. why is that in there? It's yeah. deleted. It's taken up too much space. And we use a more complex program for recording our podcasts. You can record podcasts with sure, GarageBand. Sure, if you wanted to. But it is an amazingly functional. And you're not going to get anything like that on a Kindle Fire tablet. And it's free. It's free. And it is, I mean, professionals use it. They Apple has their own professional program called mm-hmm. Logic. But, I mean, you can do so much and you can create songs and there's automatic beats in there. I mean, it is, if I had more time, I would just sit in there and make music because, you know, I used to think, well, if I just had a keyboard, I would play the piano or a piano, yeah. you know, then I would play. It's like, I do have one and it's in my backpack every day <laughs> yeah. and I can do any, I can play any type of piano in the world yeah. by just clicking a different button. Um, so that was my pick of the week. It was just kind of a spur of the moment thing this morning, uh, especially for kids. If you're wanting to get them into music, what a great way. I know a lot of times we try to keep kids away from technology, but when you can use it to really, you know, focus them in on something that is beneficial mm-hmm. um, instead of just playing, uh, you know, silly games or watching silly videos. But Well, I wanted. Just a bit of trivia. Yeah. You may you may or not may know or may not know that uh Davy B and the Afro Posse's hit single uh, Somewhere in a Dream yes. was recorded on GarageBand. Recording wow. I used a laptop, but I yeah. used GarageBand to do yeah. it. And the functionality of the iPad is very similar. So yeah. Yeah. so if you're ever out there on the interwebs and you you find Davey being the Afro Prossies somewhere in a dream. Wow. You will know that it was mastered, recorded, and mixed right there in GarageBand. Very cool. Yeah, and it's it's come a long way since the early days of GarageBand too, because I remember at the beginning there was some functionality. Uh, but again, to piggyback on your pick of the iPad, having a free program like that, you get iMovie free, mm-hmm. pages, numbers, keynote. All these great programs for free, which is really an advantage. Apple puts time and uh, care into these products. When I used to consult people on what type of computer they should buy and whatever, and of course, I was always very heavily Mac-leaning. But for example, you could buy the $150 Kindle to do Facebook, and yeah. you think, well, it does the same thing as an iP- a $330 iPad. And I would agree it does much the same things, but it doesn't come with free GarageBand free yeah. iMovie all those apps you talked about photos those are the built. photos management is the, so much yeah. better than windows or anything else and so if you are considering buying just think okay what software am i going to use it might be worth it to pay a little bit more money to get all the quote free yeah. software or look at it hey when i they're the same price device and i'm getting i'm buying a bunch of software too i mean yeah. however you want to look at it yeah. and don't forget there's millions and millions of apps in the app store that you can download yes. and purchase that's true or it for free often for free there we go well then it's going to wrap up episode number 94 of the not nerd podcast we thank you so much for listening uh our i think now officially our uh iphone event from a couple weeks ago that episode is our most downloaded episode yet Mm -hmm. and we're seeing awesome numbers so welcome to all our new listeners make sure you subscribe share it with a friend ask us questions please uh we're working on a couple things uh that we will announce soon some updates we're making and some new stuff that we want to integrate because we want to just create the best resource for you guys to help you tech better uh so with that i'm going to sign off thanks for listening talk at you soon Piggyback on piggyback. <laughs> Still the best. Johnny, I've got an idea. Oh. See what I did there?
How many, many years ago when I was 23, I was married to a widow who was pretty as could be. This widow had a grown-up daughter, had hair of red. My father fell in love with her and soon the two were wed. This made my dad my son-in-law and changed my very life. My daughter was my mother cause she was my father's wife. To complicate the matter, even though it brought me joy, I soon became the father of a bouncing baby boy. My little baby then became the brother-in-law to dad, and so became my uncle, though it made me very sad. For if he was my uncle, that also made him the brother of the widow's grown-up daughter, who, of course, was my stepmother. I'm my own grandpa. I'm my own grandpa. It sounds funny, I know, but it really is so. For I'm my own grandpa.